You're listening to episode number 263, and today we have a special guest on, my husband, as we break down some of the best and the worst moments of the sex talk. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place where you were made for living well. I mean, truly, it's my heart and soul behind this podcast to show you that health is inside of you. You have what you need. It's just learning how to live that out. We are currently on episode number nine of a 10-part podcast series called The Sex Talk. This is everything you didn't learn in your traditional sexual education classes, but need to know. Now, we're kind of wrapping up the series, although we have one more podcast next week with a men's health expert that's going to be coming on the show. But today, I kind of wanted to round this out by talking about the podcast series, what things we've learned, what things um, are difficult, and also get the perspective of someone else who is living this out too. And so I am welcoming my husband, Peyton Sherm, to come on the show. He's so nervous. And it took so much convincing to get him here, but I know he's going to offer a lot of wisdom and I can't wait to hear what he has to say as he's been listening to the podcast, but also listening to me in the last few years as I really start to uncover a different perspective of what sexual health means. But before we get to today's show, I do want to remind you of the summer podcast series, and that includes Athletic Greens and Yarlap. Now, Athletic Greens, as you know, is one of my favorite supplement companies offering a whole foods greens drink that offers over 75 vitamins and minerals. It is an amazing component to your everyday life. And honestly, we haven't done a lot of talking about supplements here on the podcast, but I will tell you there is a massive difference between different forms of supplements and whole food supplements, which simply means they come from real food sources, are always going to be the best sources of vitamins and minerals because they're natural. Your body knows what to do with them. And Athletic Greens offers that in their AG1 powder, which you can take with you on the road, you can mix up before you leave. It's just an amazing addition, a supplement to your already healthy diet that adds just a little bit more cushion and energy to your day to fill in the gaps with whatever your diet's missing. Now, as the weather starts to get a little bit cooler and your body starts to transition, maybe for the cooler months ahead, your immune system is actually looking for more nutrition. That means this can be a great time of the year to add something like Athletic Greens to your everyday life. Now, later on the show, my husband's going to tell a little bit more about his journey with Athletic Greens because you know I've shared mine. You can also learn more over at thelivingwell.com. Now, while you're over there, I would also encourage you to sign up for one of the courses that are happening right now. You have Health Made Simple that is opening for a limited time. It is the -the state-of-the-art nutrition class that I offer. It's like the top of the top that really dives into all of this information and changes the perspective, helping you to understand your body is not acting alone, but it's acting based out out of what you think and what you believe. Now, you might not think any of that matters, but trust me, your entire biology is acting out of what you think. And inside this class, I connect your thoughts to your body and help you learn to rewire your brain so that you can actually do the things that you've been talking about. 
Now, if that's a little too deep for you, but you're also struggling with your hormones or you just want a quick pick-me-up, make sure you check out the five-day hormone reset. It is one of the most popular courses over at The Living Well, and so many people have found benefit, and I think you will too. You can find all of that at thelivingwell.com. But for now, let's welcome Peyton onto the show. Welcome to the show, Peyton. Thanks for having me on. You're not you're not thankful <laughs> because you didn't want to come on. I did not. This took a lot of convincing. The last time, the only reason why I've never been on is because the other, was it one or two times we've recorded, you've scrapped it? I thought you did make an appearance one time. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just remember recording and then thinking, yeah, we're not going to publish that. <laughs> yeah, I did not make the cut. Well, our children asked today what you were going to be on the show for, and um, you just kind of drew a blank. So, well, that's because I don't get the benefit of all the other guests on the show who get a list of questions and preparation <laughs> and all of that. I did ask for it, but I'm pretty sure the response you gave me was, uh, I would rather this just be off the cuff. Let's just see what happens. Uh, yeah, I feel like if, if you're too planned, I don't think it's as natural. So I didn't want to throw you off there. So you're just going to throw me off by asking questions that I don't know how to answer. Yeah. I think it's more fun that way <laughs> for you. Let's just keep it a conversation. All right. You but don't be surprised if I throw questions back at you then. That's fine. Bring it on. Okay. All right. Okay. So we're ending the sex talk, which this is actually not the last podcast in the sex talk. There'll be one more all about men's health, which you know, it's a little bit of a passion of mine because I feel like women get talked a lot about in the sex field as far as maybe not having a libido or a drive, but men are kind of left out as everything is fine when really men struggle with sexual issues just as much, if not more than women do. Do you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I told you you couldn't answer with one word question. One <laughs> I, word I said, yeah, for sure. There's three <laughs> <Okay>. words. <laughs> okay. In all fairness, though, you've been listening to me talk about this series for well over a year. Yeah, uh, probably a couple. A couple years. Yeah. <laughs> this is I, not we'll, been... just say, we'll just say I didn't want to admit it, but uh, we may or may not have done some testing and guinea pig uh, <laughs> testing on me for the past... At least year on uh, uh, I'm surprised some of these up. topics. I well, mean, we're going to go right into it, aren't we? <laughs> I didn't. I mean, with it, that, but... like you just opened up a whole can of worms. Shoot. <laughs> you did just walk yourself right into a conversation that I did want to have and bring to light, and that's all about semen retention. Or uh, <laughs> it's going to be fine. I'm not going to get super personal about it. But Sorry. I do want you, to say... Those of you listening could not see the disgusted look on my face when she asked that question. Yeah. I didn't make any promises that I wasn't going to bring up certain topics. But I did talk to you about this. And I said, I do feel like sometimes this can take the fun out of it. And you've been through a lot of experimentation willingly, I must add, that you joined in to see, you know, was there a benefit to that? Did it make you feel differently? And I think because of what I found within our own relationship, speaking for you, I feel like without you wanting to say it, you did find benefit to that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this isn't just in sex. This is in all areas of health. I feel like if uh, you can easily take the fun out of things, if 
you're so um you're so focused on the result of something or the task of doing something right that you never really um just enjoy the process of it and i feel like that's you know not not just within some of these topics that you've talked about that we've um spent some time testing but it's in other areas of health as well um that i feel like it can easily become a something that you focus so much on the end result of that the process never really becomes something that's fun. Right. Right. And I feel like that's what I want to clarify as we end this podcast is there's like a lot of right and wrongs and ideas and, and maybe even rules of the trade. But at the end of the day, it's really not about any of that. It's really truly about the connection of it and being in the moment and really seeing it for more than just an act or a biological necessity, but really this mind, body, soul connection to yourself and to someone else. And I don't want that to get lost in the messages that we've put out this summer because it can feel really overwhelming. And I think a lot of the information that's been on the show has been new to people uh, just from some of the brief conversations that I've had with people who've been willing to share of like, wow, that was startling or eye-opening or there's no way that can be true. or um, And so I just want to be honest with people and say, yeah, there's a lot of chatter. There is in, in the health space too, a lot of ideas. And sometimes we come hard at presenting them, but really it's about finding something that works for you and what makes you feel good long-term, not just in the moment. And I think that's really where the sex talk changes is, I think so often we make our sex such a in the moment thing versus what is the long-term goal or what is the long-term benefit from this if I do it in a healthy way? Well, and I think the other part too is for people to remember that, you know, you've had questions come in that you've asked other guests as well of, you know, 20-year-olds that have ED and you have... 70, 80 year olds that have a vibrant sex life. And it's like, you can't, you also can't create these generalities where everybody just fits into a perfect box. Um, but you really have to do your own testing and your own research and try to figure out what of all of these things still works for you. And I think that's one of those things, like I said before, it's not just within sex, it's within your entire health, um, of your diet, exercise, all of those things that none of us fit into a perfect Mm -hmm. mold that we can just say like, Oh, Hey, yeah, listen to this podcast. And if you fall, follow X, Y, Z, you're going to see results. You're going to see, you know, weight loss, you're going to have a better sex life or whatever that is. You just, you have to spend the time figuring out, you know, over these last 10 episodes, um, of this sex talk, you have to figure out what within that makes the most sense for you um, because what has been talked about may not be the same problem that you're trying to fix. Right. And it's just really trying different things and being willing to experience them and feel them and really learn. Because like you said, in the health space, this is the same thing. And I feel like lately I've been getting a lot of questions about, oh, what diet should I do? Or, you know, what do you think about this diet? I'm going to try it for 30 days. And we've you you know that always kind of rubs me, not because I don't understand that people want to feel differently, but when we get so far outside of what our body needs or what works for us and into these diets, we really lose a sense of ourselves. And I think that's really what's happened in the sex space is, you know, we have, I mean, 
I've said it on here multiple times. The porn industry has single-handedly changed people's view of sex and bodies and um, really put a negative light on what all of this looks like it means. And it's so easy to get lost in what you think you should be doing that you actually don't enjoy what you are doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, one of the things you said a little bit ago was you talked about connection and I feel like um, you can easily lose the connection with your partner or um, really with yourself. If you focus more on trying to get a specific result versus trying to find um, and figure out how you can have a better connection within, um, like I said, with your spouse or with your friends or with your family or whoever that is, like whoever it is that you're trying to quote unquote impress at the end of the day, if you're, if you're losing out or you're, you're missing out on the point of that connection and just trying to search for a result, then you're kind of missing the point. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the, my favorite aspects of this whole entire series was, really showing or shining a light on the fact that sex is not just the act. It is a connection. It is actually the place of our creativity and our curiosity, which makes complete sense when we understand how so many of us have been traumatized by sex, whether it was um, like we've talked about before, viewing images way before we should have seen some of this stuff or even understood it and just seeing things, even if an act wasn't done to you, is enough to traumatize those parts of you, which is not just going to suppress or change the way that you view and handle sex, but it's going to change your creativity, your curiosity, and even the way that you connect with everyone around you. Like this is a really big subject, uh, even though we've just talked about it in light of sex and being in bed, but I hope that we, or, uh, you know, that I did a good job of bringing that forward to say, this is a really big issue and we need to not just foster that part of us, but in order to foster a healthy sexual wellness or routine or whatever you want to say, you also have to foster relationships in and out of your marriage and creativity and curiosity with the world, all things that I think the world really struggles with. Yeah. I think, you know, we've talked about, um, in some of the previous episodes, you've talked about how purity culture has kind of ruined us in some of those aspects of like, well, you have, you have to wait until you're married to have sex and don't look at anything. Don't, don't feel anything, just suppress it, suppress it, suppress it. And I think, um, you've opened my eyes even to see that how that, uh, suppression isn't just holding back, but it's channeling it towards other things, um, towards creativity and, um, towards whatever those passions are in your life that you can not just suppress it just to hold on to it, but re, uh, channel it towards things that you really enjoy. And I think that's, that's just a simple perspective shift from like, oh, I can't have this because like, you know, from a, the diet side of things too, like if you tell somebody you can't have something, then the energy that they put towards trying to prevent, um, you know, craving that is too large and they give in. And so it's trying to figure out, we talk about this a lot, um, in all aspects of our life that it's not about focusing on what you're removing, but it's about what you put, um, your energy towards to fill the space with something good so that the negative cravings or the negative thoughts get pushed out. And I think that's, that's a big aspect of this as well, that, you know, if, if you're so focused on restricting and, and not doing something, then you're likely going to end up 
um, back in that place um, that you're trying not to be. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it goes back to last week's podcast about pleasure, about pleasure being a biological necessity, which we don't often think about because pleasure gets a bad rap. And there is a lot of ways that we use pleasure in a harmful way, but pleasure in itself is something that our body's going to crave all the time. And it's generally going to find pleasure in the place that you most often go to, to experience pleasure. And I think that's where we kind of twist pleasure. But I feel like the more that we experience, I don't feel like this is actually research. This is not Alexa philosophy like you often hear. (laughs) So you guys have no idea how many (laughs) Alexa philosophies have come and gone through my ears um, that never make it on this podcast. But um, I think a lot. Yeah, but it, it is fun because you do spend a lot of time researching and processing and Um, just trying to think of things or figure out ways that you can help people think of things in a different and unique way. Um, and I feel like it's a gift that you have. And I, I feel like, you know, we've recognized within the sex talk that, you know, this is a subject that a lot of people aren't like, you know, they're not going to just post on Facebook and, and write this big paragraph of like, oh my gosh, I learned so much in this podcast, but, um, we've, we've have heard from some people that have been like, wow, like this subject really opened my eyes to this, or, um, you know, it's, it's one of the lessons for us is, you know, like it's, it's a lot harder to do a series like this where people aren't willing to share it as openly. Um, but yet the people that are sharing what they're learning, um, it's evident that they are, um, you know, improving their sex life or improving their overall health because of some of the things that have been talked about. And those are things like you said at the very beginning, like you've been thinking about these things for, and you've been putting the series off for at least a year. Um, let alone, let alone the (laughs) amount of time that you spent researching and thinking about it and, um, writing down lists of subjects and, uh, topics and guests that you were going to have on that, you know, have come and gone. So this, this is something that, um, you know, it's, it's a subject that a lot of people are not willing to just open up and talk about publicly. Um, but hopefully this has been a series that people have, uh, have learned from and have been willing to, you know, be open to some new ideas and trying some things and, um, hopefully you're at least sharing it with your spouse. That would be the the minimal expectation within this is don't just listen to all of this yourself, but um, share some of these ideas with your spouse and use it to have a conversation starter um, where you can, you can figure out, you know, what it is that your partner wants to try, what it is that you guys want to try to um, learn from so that you can, uh, you can make things better. Look at you giving out all kinds of advice. I feel like you're a way better salesperson for this podcast than I am. Well, but... somebody asked you. you. You love being on it, but you hate selling. Uh, you know. hate selling yourself. So that's well, you know, when I started me. the podcast, it was not something I actually wanted to do. You wanted me to do it a long time before I actually started. And I remember having an argument with God and saying, "Okay, I will talk on the podcast, but these are the topics I will not talk about." And one of those was sex. So it did. I think number a- one was sex. <laughs> I think it was. I will talk about anything, but I don't want to be a sex therapist or a sex expert. And here we are, ten, almost eleven episodes in, and we're talking all about sex. But I feel like in the process of that, changing that view—that's so important to me—is one. Um, 
women have an equal, if not higher libido than men, it just appears differently, which is very countercultural to what people are telling you, right? Like, and countercultural to even how our marriage started out and like what we viewed as sex, um, was very different than how we experience it now. Um, but also again, like it's not just about sex. And I want to keep reiterating that because yes, we've talked a lot about that and desire and pleasure and all those things are so important, but it really, to me is like being able to relate with people. It's like, you know, like having a healthy sexual wellness is really a building a sense of confidence with yourself that you can experience the world in a different way and see the world in a different way, regardless of whether you're having sex or not. Right. It's, it's really just being able to open up and be creative and be curious and things that I really feel passionate about in the world that I look around and I think, wow, we've lost so much of this, which means we've lost so much joy and we're so polarized that it feels almost impossible to come back to. But hopefully in this podcast, it shows like these are really important traits, not just in sex, but in being a human and, and enjoying life and experiencing life and really just living it, things that we've lost. And that was a huge passion. And really, um, why I found the confidence to even come on here and share this was, I felt like that was a really big turning point when I started to learn about sexual wellness in that way, to see how we can channel it, to really live out our purpose and to, relate more to other people, really, truthfully, even though no one wants to talk about sex. So Everyone wants what, to talk about it, but no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So what would you, would you say that throughout this series, have you learned that uh, all the other aspects of health lead into sex? Or would you say that sex is kind of a starting point that helps to shape a lot of things around you? How would you answer that question? Um, I would say sex is a starting point. And I don't want to say just sex in itself. I want to clarify. We're not just talking about the act of sex. We're talking about our sexual wellness, our sexual health, which again, is going to encompass our relationships. It's going to encompass our creativity and curiosity, that piece of us that really is connected to our soul. It's one of the few biological processes that science actually is proving there's a soul connection to. Um, And I think that's really fascinating. I mean, obviously we're Christians. So we've believed that all along, but to see that in the scientific literature come to light to say like, there's more going on here than just an act. Um, and I think that's why, you know, bringing, bringing into view why pornography is so damaging to our biology, something that we can easily miss. Um, and, and we know, right. Most people know pornography is horrible for society, but as it's also something that goes on behind closed doors most of the time. Right. And so for me to just speak light into that, to say like, no, this is for your good too. Like getting away from things like that, because that really closes you off from all of these benefits from this and really the benefits of health. Because when we look at our sexual wellness and our creativity and our curiosity and this deep soul connection, if that's not whole or complete, or if that's traumatized, it's really going to influence everything else that we encounter, which is going to change our hormonal flow, our neurotransmitters. I mean, literally everything about our health is really going to vary based on that. And I think it was on John Gray's podcast where he started talking about how we kind of mixed up our masculine and feminine energies. And that can sound really woo woo and out there, but, um, we've had a lot of conversations about this too. And something that I fought is in the world where you're supposed to be working all the time, 
And even this morning before we came on, we kind of talked about like, do we have our roles mixed up? Like, I feel like sometimes I overdo the masculine side of things and we kind of both fight for who's going to take the feminine role. And that makes me sound (laughs) really masculine, but it is this confusion where we're not really owning those traits of us that actually produce health inside of us. And so like, and these are little things, like, it's not just like, oh, I'm masculine. So I have to wear clothes like this, or I'm feminine. So I have to wear pink and paint my nails and wear lipstick. Like I'm probably never really going to be that girl, but that doesn't mean I can't own and express my feminine traits that are so healthy for me. And what's healthy for a woman in their feminine traits, which I'm going to do a whole blog post that's getting released this week about this, but it's like, um, being more creative relationships for women are incredibly powerful and not just with the opposite sex, but relationships within the same sex and bonding with other women is so important for females to be able to talk and to be emotional. And, um, again, to be creative and have a little bit more of that nurturing side. And that's not necessarily the same thing for men. And I think there's, I I mean, there is a little bit of gender confusion and I don't want to be super controversial about that, but I think that a lot of those sexual energies and how we live out of those is really changing the overall energy of our bodies. And that ultimately is changing how, how our health is expressed. Right. So like if I'm living in the masculine state all the time and not really balancing my feminine side, I'm going to find that those things are really draining to me. They're going to lead to more burnout, exhaustion, I'm going to be more tired. And in the process of that, I'm not producing as much estrogen. And Dr. Gray started to hit on this. And ever since he said it, I've done a lot of research about this, but essentially it says like estrogen dominance is a really big issue in the world. Have you heard that? I don't know. We don't talk about estrogen dominance a lot at home. No. Um, Cause I've never really believed in it. <laughs> I believe that it's real, but it didn't add up to me that the body would just overproduce estrogen for no reason. Like I, I really am a big believer that our body does everything with purpose. Like it was designed perfectly and knows exactly what to do. And so why is it doing this? And John Gray, I think on the podcast, you remember this part where he started to bring to light when women act too masculine, what happens is in those masculine traits, just like for men, right? Like listening to a loud sound, seeing an image, um, providing, making a decision, all of those things actually produce testosterone. We know that when men are around a chainsaw, their testosterone levels are actually going to increase by the sound, by the work. So we know that that's producing testosterone. We also know that being relational and emotional and being creative for a woman is actually going to produce more estrogen, being more nurturing. Those are like kind of the masculine hormones and the feminine hormones. But when we start to reverse that, or we start to lean more into the opposite side of things for a woman, when they're working more out of their masculine side, they're going to start, or they're going to produce less estrogen naturally. So what happens is the body overcompensates for those overly masculine traits or those, um, that boost in testosterone that she's providing by actually trying to create and pump into the body more estrogen, which is going to look like estrogen dominance. So it becomes this out of balanced kind of, it feels very out of balance, but it's, it's body's way of trying to recalibrate or to balance out what you've done to the body or how you've changed the, the, the hormonal structure of the body based on these overly masculine traits. 
I do think that there is a way that our brains and our bodies are structured to respond to different stimuli. And when we are living our life, maybe a little bit far to one side or the other or out of balance, then we know that our body's going to try and recalibrate that by rebalancing that out. Well, Um, I think, I think the other part of it too, is we talked about it already, but there's connection. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if I were to go out and into the woods with a chainsaw by myself, you'd have the best, you'd have the time of your life. If you didn't have to, I would get a spike in testosterone and I, I, I would, but there's something to be said about doing it with other guys too. There's yeah. that connection. And so it's, again, it's that balance of but like- But the way you connect is different than the way I connect. Correct. Yeah. 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 And this has also been studied because um, we know that men who go to like talk therapy, while I'm a super big fan of it, going to therapy for both men and women, we know that when men talk a lot, um, we actually see a lowering of testosterone and an increase in estrogen. So men's connections more in the same space with you, um, where women's connection is let's talk about everything, <laughs> which is infuriating to me because I want you to talk about everything. <laughs> so did, are, anyway, did you just give me an out? No, absolutely not. Next time, next time you're like, let's talk about it. Like, no, I've got too much estrogen. I don't need to talk about this anymore. (laughs) No, it's not to say that you don't need both, right? Like it's just to say, again, we're always going to be pulling ourselves out of balance. And this is what I always say. We can't perfectly control this and you can't be the perfect male hundred percent of the time. And I can't be the perfect female hundred percent of the time because I would absolutely lose my mind. And I would think that's like, I'm being controlled and you're being privileged and all these things. (laughs) that I threw out there. You mean what happens on a daily basis? Um, I mean, maybe, (laughs) but I feel like understanding how can I bring myself back into balance when I'm feeling like I'm not myself, how do I bring myself back into that place? And there's a lot of little things that we can do for both of us that can really make a difference. So like one of the things for men is like activity, like being extremely physical with your body actually boosts a lot of testosterone. So for men, like when you're feeling sluggish or you're feeling like you have brain fog or you're just not feeling with it, with life, you know, understanding that there are a lot of, and I'm going to put a whole list on, on the livingwell.com where you can find this, but there, here's a whole list of tasks that you can do to actually reboost that. And like one of the things that you found through some of these experiments, right? Like when you work out in the mornings or when you go for a run or lift weights, you actually do feel better. You feel uh, more alive, correct? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody can tell the difference if they have an extremely sedentary day. Like if I if I have a, a day where I'm in my truck driving around um, meeting with people or whatever, like that is not as fulfilling for me at the end of the day as if, um, you know, I'm working hard, swinging a hammer or doing something like that. So there's, there is a difference, um, in how you feel based on your activity level at the end of the day. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put that whole list up on the blog so I can explain that a little bit more, but I do think that's fascinating when you ask about like the sexuality and living that out, which is, I think the original question you kind of asked was how do you, what comes first? And, and I'm just trying to say like this, 
this is really encompassing our whole entire lives. And our biology is not just these little segmented pieces of us, right? Like our hormones aren't just our hormones and our neurotransmitters aren't just our neurotransmitters and our mind isn't separated from our biology, but it's truly all, how is it all working together? And those are the pieces that I really love to lay of seeing this bigger idea. And that's really, to me, what the sex talk is about. What's the bigger idea behind it? It's not just an act. It's not just something that we do. It's not just a release. I mean, can it be those things? Yes, but there's there's a lot more going on in the midst of all of that. And that's so important to our entire body and really how we're going to live out our lives because it does change things. And it comes back to balance. I mean, you can do too much of one thing. I mean, you can do too much of a good thing and it becomes a bad thing. There is right. a level of balance within so many areas um, within all of health and yeah. all of those things. So one other question I was thinking about when you answered that last question, um, you know, you answered it. Are you turning the were, tables on me? I'm and then you expanded on it for a long time. Okay. Um, yeah, is So if that's the starting point, what do you say to somebody who lacks confidence? To, to use that as a starting point, because I feel like that could easily be a crutch for somebody to say like, you know, I want to fix this, but I have to do X, Y, and Z. And if you're flipping that and saying like, what if this is the starting point? How, how do you answer the person who is really struggling with like, how do I even have the confidence to, um, to put myself out there so that I can get it, get myself into that position? Yeah. So most of sex is really just a mindset thing, right? Like all of life is truly a mindset thing. Um, and I think part of the confidence confidence thing, which I talked about with the podcast with Laura just briefly, and there's been a few other podcasts that we've talked about confidence is it really is that mind, body, soul connection, which is why the sexual part of yourself is that connection, which makes that so powerful. Now, a lot of people are like, well, I just don't have the confidence. And, and I don't think that you can start with, okay, I'm going to be confident in bed and then I'm going to be confident everywhere else, right? I think the confidence starts with having that deep soul connection. It's it's the confidence to really nurture more of that spiritual life of understanding your beliefs. Who are you? Why were you made? Why are you walking this earth? Starting to really ask those questions and understand them. But in the process of that too, starting to not just live them out in, in um, your sex life, because again, not not all of us maybe are having sex or are in a relationship or whatever, but being able to be a little bit more curious with the world. I think when we start to get curious with the world and we start to interact with other people, I think naturally that starts to boost our confidence because it makes us more whole. It's when we're so isolated within ourselves and we think that we have to find confidence that I think we don't have any of it, you know? And then we become so focused on ourselves that we almost create this self-centeredness that we can't see anything else. I think that's a really big issue. Do you feel like I'm talking in circles? No, I don't think so. So it's like, to me, it's like confidence. And I've done quite a bit of research about this, but we are going to have a whole body confidence uh, podcast episode that's going to happen in, in, the, in the new year, which you don't even know that yet. But I've been, <laughs> you're not excited. Um, don't lie. Anyways, so body confidence is going to be found when we really start to connect and when we really start to get creative and curious and really just kind of just start to be us. You know, it's not something that we're going to find. It's something that we're going to learn. 
And there's a really big difference there, right? Again, it's not a destination, but it's kind of this, how am I living it out? And in the process of that, we're going to start to learn how to be confident. Do you think confident you're born with confidence or do you think it is a learned trait or something you find? I want to say that it's something that you're born with, but can be lost. Why do you think we're born with confidence? I mean, I don't, I I mean, I don't think we're born with or without confidence. Maybe it's not even a thing when you're born, you know, baby doesn't really care. They're just looking for survival. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could see that it's learned or not learned. Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like people learn not to be confident. We're told what makes you confident and we're shown that we're probably not that. So you're not confident. It's not like anyone's coming out to say like, well, you're not confident, but we do teach our kids. We teach the world how to not be confident by setting a bar of confidence that's so high and almost impossible that most people can't ever reach it. And therefore it just makes the assumption that no one's confident. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to look at things that remove confidence than it does, than it is to look at things that build confidence Mm -hmm. or that teach somebody to be confident. I feel like it's a lot easier for us to look at the negative and understand, oh, like that's why they don't have confidence. It's easier to see that than it is to look at somebody who is overly confident and understand what it is that brought them to that point where they had that much confidence. But sometimes being overly confident what appears like overly confident is a sign that they're actually not confident. Yeah. No, I'm not saying in an unhealthy way. I'm saying if somebody truly is just a naturally confident person, I think it's a little harder to look at that and say like, oh, it's because of this. Um, I think there's some of those intangible things that you just can't, um, you can't teach or you can't um, understand without knowing exactly what it is that they've been through to get them to where they are. Right, right. I want to take a moment to interrupt this podcast to talk about the sponsor for the series, Athletic Greens. Now, as you know, I love Athletic Greens, but while Peyton's on, I wanted to ask him a few questions about his experience with the AG1 powder and how he has found benefit from using it over the course of the summer. Peyton, what do you think about Athletic Greens? It's actually surprisingly delicious, which we've tried plenty of other greens powders over the years, and it is definitely not as horrible as the other ones. (laughs) And it is definitely way better tasting than any of the other ones that we have tried. And one of the surprising things that I've seen is I actually crave it on a daily basis. Okay. You've talked a lot about the flavor and craving it, but how have you really felt taking Athletic Greens? like your energy or your mood or your productivity? I definitely feel like it's a great way to start the day and gain more energy. Um, I feel more refreshed and a lot lighter. Lighter. That's something we all want to feel. Okay. Athletic Greens has over 75 vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, and even some probiotics in it. It is a great overall well-rounded supplement that you can add to your everyday life. Plus, as fall approaches and our seasons are changing, our body is looking for more nutrients to jumpstart our immune system to prepare for winter. This is the perfect time to try Athletic Greens. And if you try it out now, you can get five free travel packs, including the year-long supply of vitamin D, which we should all be taking as the days get a little bit shorter. To learn more and to grab your free travel packs and vitamin D, head on over to 
athleticgreens.com backslash livingwell or learn more at thelivingwell.com. Okay, now let's get back to the podcast. I also think confidence is kind of owning your weakness and it's almost verbalizing your insecurities. Uh, As long as we don't verbalize them and we try to mask them and maybe being arrogant or overly confident or all these things, all we're doing is giving those power to stay. And as long as we have to use the mask or to try and keep kind of pressing our shame and our guilt and all this, like kind of what we consider our weakness down, we never allow our weakness to be used for our strength. And I think that's really where we start to see more confidence being built because when you expose your weakness, you can no longer use it against you. And it takes away the lack of confidence, if that makes sense. So are you saying that it's better to build on your weaknesses or utilize your strengths? I mean, I think it's, it's probably both, but I think it's not, it's not suppressing or it's not hiding your weaknesses, which I think a lot of us have learned to do is, you know, just rely on your strengths and kind of try to stay away or avoid your weaknesses because then that might show your failure. But what I'm trying to say in that is as long as we hide and suppress what we feel like we're weak in or we're insecure about, or what we feel shameful or guilty about, all we do is give that power to keep basically controlling us. And we give it power to maintain our insecurities. But if we bring it to light, then it no longer has the power anymore, right? So you no longer lack the confidence there, but you can stand confidence even though that issue might not have changed. I mean, I I feel like we keep coming back to the same few words on every topic. And the one that comes to mind again, as we talk about this is balance. Like you can overly focus on all of your weaknesses and try to say like, I'm just going to work on these and make these something that are no longer a weakness of mine. Or you can go on the other extreme and say, these are my strengths. I'm only going to do things within my strength. But I think what you're saying, and I would agree with you that there is a balance between the two where you need to understand what your weaknesses are, but you also need to understand what your strengths are. And you need to live your life in a way that utilizes both so that you're not overly confident and arrogant because you just do everything in your strengths. And I don't even have weaknesses or, you know, or I, I have weaknesses, but I do, I have nothing to do with them. So I don't need to portray any weakness at all. Like that pushes right. you towards the overly confident, arrogant side. And then you have the, the lack of confidence where it's like you live in your weakness all the time and you never you never put yourself out there to say like, but these are the things I'm good at. So I'm going to do those as well. You just live in that negative space all the time. And I think what you're you describing and- us, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're describing us. Is that no, what you're I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like there is that balance in the middle where you need to understand both sides, but you can't, you can't push yourself too far one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you use the, uh, the pendulum example so much. And again, it's another one of those, like the word balance describes that so perfectly that, you know, if you think about the pendulum and you go too far one direction and you let go, it swings all the way back the other direction. And eventually Mm -hmm. after back and forth enough times, you end up in balance back in the center. And that is that key thing. I think that, um, listening to you work through a lot of things over the last year or two years, you continue to come back to that, that, you know, like you could go on, um, 
or you think you think back on the diet industry over the last however many years, you have low fat and then you have no sugar. Like talk about the two extremes of what you can do. People saw success at both, but obviously not long-term enough that it stuck that all of humanity is continuing to do the same thing 20 years later. We're Mm -hmm. constantly flipping back and forth because our body overcompensates and then we need something on the opposite extreme to balance it out. And so we flip the opposite direction and we're constantly back and forth. It may not be something on a day-to-day basis, but it's something over years that you're constantly flipping back and forth between um, because that's where you see success. And I think in everything that you've been learning and trying to teaching, it's it comes back to balance. Like how do you find yourself not just in the middle ground, Um, not looking at that as saying like, I'm not willing to be successful because I'm willing to just stay in the middle, but it's balanced from the standpoint of, um, you're willing to see the two extremes and you're, you're willing to live in between them, knowing that they exist and not just ignoring them. Right. Yeah. And I think really all that comes back to like that balance is like seeing yourself in the middle of it all you know, like not being so swayed by what everyone else is saying or what everyone else is telling you should do, but recognizing, but how am I responding to this? Like, how do I feel in this? And not to get so lost in feelings because that can be a slippery slope, but it really just comes back to like, how am I nourishing my body and my mind and my soul, like my wholeness, not to be so consumed by me, but the more you nourish yourself, the less you have to be consumed by you and the more you can get out and live. And I think we really, really, really struggle with what does it take to nourish myself? But it's not as difficult as we've made it. And honestly, like when we look at libido and sexual wellness and neurotransmitters and hormones, and and, and a lot of it just comes down to we're so far outside of our balance. Our bodies are not nourished. Therefore, it's going to go to more extreme basis to just try to keep you alive. And sometimes when we even look at libido or we talk about fertility, a lot of the reasons behind why people are struggling with those so much is their bodies just aren't nourished enough to actually get pregnant, to actually desire sex in its right way or intimacy or connection. Like you have to have energy to connect. And if your body's not nourished, connection is not not necessarily one of the top forms of survival. It can be a pleasurable experience, but first and foremost, your body is always looking to survive. And so really, when we look at our lifestyles, we're so far outside of balance that it makes this entire topic impossible unless we truly learn how to nourish our body, which means we have to feed our bodies well and not just do these slash diets all the time. And if we can't get well, on nourishing ourselves and we feel like we need to go to a flash diet, then we need to reevaluate what is nourishing our body or how we've tried in the past because our flash diets are never going to work. (laughs) Um, We've been in this business way too long and we've never found results from any kind of box system. And that's because health is very personable and it's always changing, which it should give you the greatest freedom to say that Nothing has to stay set in stone as long as I just focus on today. How can I nourish myself today? Not just in my body, but my mind and my soul too. You feel like you have something to say? No, I was just going to say, look at us. Um, I don't know how far we are in on this, but uh, 
skirting around the topic of sex altogether. Oh, I'm coming back to sex. Don't worry. (laughs) But when it comes to libido, I do want to say that part of the reason women are not feeling it is because they eat significantly fewer calories than their body needs. Men don't struggle with this quite as much. Men are more apt to supply their body with the food that they want, but, and men's bodies can handle a lot more stress because they were not designed to carry babies. So women's bodies are going to be way more, um, prone to react to stress. We see this in our life. I get really frustrated because I feel like I'm reacting to literally everything. And you can just like sit over there and just like, that's not a big deal. And I'm like, I secretly hate your body. I look, I look like I work out all the time, even though I don't. And I'm like, I don't look like I work out at all. And I work out all the time. <laughs> it's fine. Not fine. It's fine. Okay. I'm reacting now. Do you see it? I just what like you, my body's swelling when that? I talk about this. <laughs> okay. But I do want to say that we have like over-sexualized a skinny body <laughs> and for females, right? Like I think what, what women classify as sexy is maybe not the same view as what most men probably classify as sexy. Do you think that's true? Yeah. And I think we've learned and you've talked about a lot too, that, um, that does not equate health. Right. And, and if you don't have a libido, it's probably a sign that your body is not nourished enough to actually desire to reproduce because your libido is actually this drive for reproduction. It's a drive for creation, right? And that doesn't just have to mean reproducing a baby. It could be, um, produce, reproducing, reproducing, producing, (laughs) reproducing. I'm getting so lost in my words. Okay. (laughs) It's because you're looking at me on the screen. You're distracted. Oh, it's so dreamy. Okay. (laughs) But I, feel like it's a desire to create. It's a desire to go and do. And if we don't have that drive in our libido, we're not having that drive anywhere in life. And part of that is, do you just not have the energy your body needs to do that task? And so when we've had this, like we over-sexualize what we think the female body is to be super skinny in our minds, we might think, yeah, they have great sex lives or yeah, uh, you know, but they probably have no drive, right? Like they're, they're going to struggle equally, if not more than maybe someone who's on the other end of the spectrum is like, I have all these confidence issues, but I want sex all the time. (laughs) It's, it's, we have to nourish ourselves and we have to get outside of this idea of what is right or what is wrong or what is sexy or what is it? And we just have to start owning who we are right now and just every day try to make ourselves a little bit better. Um, and, and out of that building or learning that confidence, which changes our energy, like it changes the way our body responds. And I think that comes back to sex. Cause you want to talk about sex. I understand that. Like you're like all about it right now. Well, I just um, thought it was funny because you asked me the question the other day. Um, we were talking about, uh, sex drive and body types and you were like, what would be sexier? Uh, somebody who's super skinny that has zero sex drive or somebody that isn't that has a super high sex drive. And I feel like and it's one no, of those. Let's let's go back. Okay, I did ask that question because I ask a lot of really absurd things. Yeah, that puts understand. me in a position to be like, how can I even answer okay. this question? And it's not just I don't just ask these questions. It's like as soon as he walks in the door, I'm like, I have a question for you. 
Yeah, I will literally come home from work, walk in the door, and she'll be like, I have a question for you. And I'm like, hi to you too. Uh huh. Um, and then it's these deep philosophical questions because you've sat here. That, that, at that doesn't home feel and, deep and philosophical, but I think on some level it is, as I'm starting to think, just trying to think through this. Like, how can I best communicate that maybe we're a little off in our thinking? But how did you answer it? I don't think that you really gave me a clear answer. I think you said. <laughs> you never want to be did like I, did I skirt around the answer a little bit yeah. <laughs> but okay wait, answer it then no I said I said it all come for me it comes down to confidence um mm. that you know confidence is one of the more attractive traits for me um and so I think somebody that has enough confidence to have a high sex drive is more attractive to me than just the body type. Mm-hmm. Right. And confidence is contagious, which I feel like a lot of people like confidence because it's something that they feel like if they can be around, they can gain a little bit of. Look you're at welcome. me complimenting you. Look at you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I actually, when I, when we went back to the confidence thing, um, I tend to be someone who uh, probably dwells too much on what I'm not good at. And you dwell on hiding what you're not good at. I'm a pain addict. You're like the glass is overflowing. So I try to make you experience pain because for some reason, pain is like my home. And you're like, I refuse to feel any pain. (laughs) See, it comes back to balance. We balance (laughs) each other out. (laughs) Right. Um, We're working on it. But that's one of the things that I feel like is hard. Um, And one thing I can encourage anybody that's listening is to say like, there is, um, what is talked about on here is not something that we have perfected. It's not something that Alexa comes on here and says like, oh, this is the best thing to do. Um, it's not that we don't struggle with those same things in our life or our marriage or our relationship. It's that here's here's something to strive for because if you don't have something to strive for if you're stuck in the position you're in and you're constantly just focused on what you're stuck on um then you don't have any growth within that and i think that that's my encouragement to um anyone who's listened to this um and is like oh man like i just i there's no way that i could get there it it comes back to i don't know if this blog post had been published yet, or if it's going to be, um, before or after this podcast goes live, but it comes back to just like, choose to do one thing, improve on that, and then continue to build from there. And I think that's, that's one of the big things. Cause it can be easy to list, listen to, you know, 10, 11, 12 episodes of a podcast series like this and get to the end of it and be like, okay, now what do I do? I think, the the key thing as you know we wrap the series up at the end of this is to say like um start to pick one thing like one thing that stood out to you the most um figure out how you can apply that to your life and then build on that don't try to focus on trying to fix all 15 things that that have come up that you've taken notes on or have have thought about um just try to pick something um that you can have the easiest win with and then um, build on that from there. Yeah. Like what is, what is the one thing that you took out of this series that you're like, okay, that was either really eye opening or 
I'm going to look into that a little bit more or, you know, like that, that sounds very true. Like, I don't know if you've specifically talked about this and I think that's why we came on to do this episode, but it's things that you and I have talked about is missing that connection within like trying to learn. And I feel like there are many times where, um, we are trying to learn something or trying something or, um, whatever. And that becomes the focus as opposed to our connection and our relationship being the focus. And I think for me over the last six months and really even the last few months as, as you've continued, um, to learn more and more as you do these interviews and that is for us to say, like, we can't lose our connection in the midst of trying to improve things. Because at the end of the day, the improvement is trying to grow our connection. And if we focus so much on the ideas that we're going to use to grow, but we miss out on each other, then at the end of the day, none of that really matters. Right. So did that impress you? Yeah. Are you speechless? You are. So what is, what is one thing that you're struggling with from what you learned this summer? Is there anything that you're like, yeah, I'm just not there yet. Or I don't really believe in that. Or I think that was too far. The problem is, is you've also listened to a few guests who, uh, did not get published, uh, because of maybe things that were said or other things that had happened that we, you know, just didn't feel like they were a great fit for the summer series. And so there might be some information on there that you were also like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of that just comes down to like, there, um, there are a few that I've listened to after you've done and said, like, I'm not sure how this fits or, um, I'm not sure. And a lot of that is like, for me, I kind of call it first world problems. Like, and a lot of it is stem stems from pornography. Like there's, there's an idea behind, like, if this is what you do in bed, then you're, you have a good sex life. And so there, whether it's, it's products or it's ideas or concepts of like, oh yeah, he, if you do these things or, you know, if you take this supplement, then you can, you can improve X, Y, and Z. Then you don't want to say X, Y, and Z, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, we there's had a, a few guests that didn't make the, sh- the cut yeah, of the series. Cause they were trying to improve things that at the end of the day was like, we just don't think that that is, you know, that's not the goal. The goal isn't to try to have this like showy sex life that like, if all of a sudden this happens now, like you're, you find pleasure. Um, like you talked about in the, the pleasure episode, like how we view pleasure is completely different from, um, the, the fake ideas that, that so many people try to, um, try to believe that if, if I do this or if this happens now, like now I check the box, like, yep, that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're trying to, we're trying to focus on with this series is, um, it, it really comes down to that connection. I mean, that's another word that continues to come up over and over again is connection and within that connection, creativity. Like if you have creativity within your relationship to try to understand what it is that you want to improve or you want to, um, uh, to grow in, then your, your connection grows through that. And I think that's, that's been the focus 
when there's been questionable things said or questionable, um, you know, entire interviews that have been done that we go back and listen to. And it's like, the focus of this is just like, we want to fix this one little minute thing that at the end of the day, like that doesn't create a connection with your spouse in a way that really improves your life and your relationship. So like, it's not worth providing space to, uh, to share that. And I think that's been the biggest lesson for me is, um, you know, the focus on what it is that, um, that we're presenting that you are presenting in this and, um, how it really affects the connection that, that we're trying to encourage between, um, a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is like what we really have to be careful of when we start talking about sex is understanding that regardless of whether you viewed pornography or not, it has single handedly changed how we view bodies, what we expect of bodies, what we expect sex to be like. And yes, there is a world of products being sold online to help a number of things that actually have no impact on your sexual sexual health or sexual wellness or your sex life. And um, it was alarming to me, um, some of the things that people are looking for. And sometimes I wonder, is this something that you really desire? Or is this something that you've been told will enhance your desire? And I think if we don't learn what we like, if we don't go back to that connection and really start to ask questions and, and connect and also to get curious, Laura said that in her podcast, which I really like, she's like, why do people fall in love with each other? Because they're so curious about each other. And why do they fall out of love is because they stop being curious because people are always growing and always learning. And we've talked a lot about this of like, where do we lose the curiosity for each other? And if we don't communicate about these things, how do we know what we like or what we want to experience or try and see if it is something that we enjoy? Or is this just another cultural idea that has been set for us that automatically makes us feel like we have to. And now therefore there goes the confidence, right? There comes all the insecurities because of some self or some worldly idea that now we think we have to follow because the porn industry has put it out, which we know the porn industry has had to get weirder and weirder because the more you are exposed to the same thing over and over when it's not a human being, when it's on a computer screen, the more immune you become to it and the less it is to entice you and create pleasure inside of you. And therefore they have to get strange, (laughs) but that strangeness is it's rubbing off on everyone's sex life and it's horrible. Well, and I think that's where the, the curiosity comes within that connection. So if you have curiosity within your relationship with each other, then that's healthy. But -hmm. if your curiosity goes out and seeks ideas outside of your relationship that you can bring back into it, that's where you start to lose your connection because that's very selfish um, yeah. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find an idea and I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to, I'm going to find pleasure in that. But if your spouse doesn't find pleasure in that, then you lose that connection. And again, mm-hmm. it comes back to, if you don't have that connection, then what's the point? Right. It's, and, it just and- becomes an act. And like you said, and that is not the purpose of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's to drive like you talked about um, a few weeks a few weeks back, like or in the pleasure podcast, you talked about how um, you know that that drive for connection and pleasure is what connects us. Um, mm-hmm. That drive for pleasure is what connects us, right? Because pleasure is greater when it's experienced together. I heard that quote. It's true though, right? Like pleasure alone is not the same thing as pleasure enjoyed with other people. That's why eating a piece of cake alone is not the same thing as eating a piece of cake at a birthday party. Just Tastes not, good right? either way though. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it's not the same. It doesn't <laughs> no. in- excite the same pleasure. Okay. We've been talking a long time and I feel like I have like 15 million more questions for you, but I do want to bring this all full circle um, back to the first podcast, uh, that we had on. And we talked a lot about purity and consent. Um, I think this is a necessary conversation because this has been also a twisted idea and something that I also found a lot of joy and ringing known is that men actually find more pleasure and satisfaction in giving than in receiving and women it's in receiving rather than giving. But this has been a little twisted. And I think when sex becomes selfish, like you said, like when you go out and find ideas that you think you want to try and you bring them back without communicating or consenting about that, I don't think that's ever okay. Correct? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was sitting there thinking like, how can I answer this without just using one word? Because <laughs> <laughs> like okay. the rule was you can only, you cannot have one word responses, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's completely true. And that's, you know, again, if you're, if you're missing out on the connection and the experience of the creativity together, then you're kind of missing out on the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in my opinion, when it comes back to consent, it's not to say that if, if you, someone say no all the time, I mean, obviously acknowledging that and respecting that, but also trying to understand, okay, what is it about this? Like, why, why don't you feel connected? Why don't you feel like you are in the mood? Why don't you feel like, why is your libido struggling on either case? Like being not so dismissive or not so hurt by their no and really getting in to understand what can I do to help you? What can I do to support you? Because clearly you're feeling tired or undernourished or out of balance or all of these things. And this goes for men and women. Um, you know, men struggle sexually all the time and really don't bring it up because it's a huge, um, it's a huge topic of shame, but there's men's clinics popping up all over the place who do, who are doing testosterone therapy and other, um, replacements to help men in this area. And we're seeing a lot of men who struggle and it might not even be because of, uh, self-inflicted things. Like we know men who have been to war, um, and women who have been in the military struggle more like, or more likely to struggle sexually than, other men. We also know men who sit at desk jobs all day are more likely to struggle um, with their testosterone issues and have ED. We also know, of course, pornography is making a massive impact on all of that. But really being able to communicate about these things and 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 being able to say no and being able to respect that, right? Like, do you think but I think where that gets twisted is like you have said that mm-hmm. who's giving and who's receiving at that point. And I feel like um that's something within our relationship that, um, early on got twisted. And I feel like we have grown to learn and understand. And now, you know, after you've done all this research, I've grown to understand like the, 
who's giving and who's receiving, if that gets flipped, you instantly lose that connection because we're not. And do you feel like you do find more satisfaction? Because I'm saying this as a female. And I think that's also where I want to come across because I recognize we see the stats. Half of the people listening to this podcast are men. And so we have, I want to know from a male perspective, do you find more satisfaction and pleasure when you just give than when you are just taking? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a reciprocation, um, part of that too, that, you know, like it's, it's not like you can just give a hundred percent of the time all the time. Um, but I feel like it is, maybe that should be our next experiment. but it is it is in that balance of like (laughs) yeah if you could see my face right now um Uh. but it it, but it is in that balance of like um what do you focus on first if you're focusing first on on yourself versus your partner then um you're gonna get out of whack but if you're focusing Mm -hmm. first on how you can give versus how you can receive that's coming at it from a loving perspective. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's where it's so easy to get things twisted of like, oh, I have to do this for my spouse versus like, I desire to do this instead. Um, Right. And it's so easy to get that twisted. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've even had to catch ourselves before of like, um, if, if we're not in that mind space, we just have to walk away. We just, we cannot, Mm -hmm. because that ends up as days long back and forth of like, we are just not connecting. Um, and it's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth Mm -hmm. it to lose connection for, um, for that few moments of selfishness. No more than two minutes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 30 seconds. Um, Um, I do want to talk about one more thing because we talked a lot about the experiments that we've done and I don't want to call them experiments because that makes it sound like, I don't know. I don't like it. These are like us being, I just almost had experimenting, uh, (laughs) curious, right. About the ways you can react and, you know, feel differently doing different things. And, and you have always consented to this. This is Alexa presenting, Hey, you know, I heard about this in a very nice and loving way. Um, don't make me sound like a lab monster who's just like putting you through these horrific lab experiments. <laughs> I haven't well, treated you like an animal. Yeah. I mean, you consented to everything that we did. I, yeah, I have not. And nothing was like, that makes it sound like super weird. And we really, the, the big thing that we, we tried was the entire semen retention thing about how that would change how you felt. And, um, what, I mean, overall, what do you think? Do you recommend it? Do you say it's horrible? I think she's crazy. What are you going to say? So this is the conversation that we had earlier that we we didn't really specifically talk about, but we kind of skirted around some ideas. So yes, it's beneficial until it becomes the focus. So if you lose the connection, because you're so focused on like, Oh, it's only been three days. I can't do this. Um, then you lose, you lose the, you lose the spontaneity and you lose the fun and you lose the connection. So I feel like, yes, in the majority of the time it's beneficial. It's helpful. Um, we stay more connected. Um, you know, energy levels are higher. You can, you can list off all those benefits that you've talked about in previous podcasts, but 
the danger in that as well as other things is like we talked about, if you focus on um, and become, come so focused on the numbers or on like how long it's been or, or what's happened or what hasn't happened, then you lose that connection. And that just becomes, it becomes, I don't want to say it becomes a chore, um, but it kind of becomes a hindrance to like connecting together. Right. And would I think you, the whole idea, would you agree with that? Yeah. I think the whole idea is like, Hey, hold on. So, that was a one word answer. You need to, you need to say that. Again. I'm answering now. Okay. <laughs> I think the whole idea with that is that it becomes, uh, I think we get so focused on finishing that we don't focus on the connection. Right. And so I think if the more you focus on the connection, I think you've gotten really good about reading yourself to say like, when to and when not to, and like not making it, I don't know, like you just start to figure that out, right? Like you start to get into it where it's no longer like, oh my gosh, what's the choice today? <laughs> yeah. But that, this is that getting... for a long time, that was the hardest part of it was the, like, yeah, it know. took a long time to get there. And that's what I wanted you to come on was to say like, yes, you find benefit from it because we both have noticed a difference, but there has to be in balance because focusing on a set number of days or doing it on the right equation, that's just as harmful as putting calories into an equation. we like know that that is not the end goal with this, but at the beginning that can help give you an idea of what can I feel like if I do this? And also it switches that focus, I think, away from just the act and finishing and puts it back onto, okay, how can I enjoy this in a different way? Okay. We're going to wrap it up because we've been on a long time and you're giggling. That was a horrible way to end the podcast. Whatever. There's there's got to be a whole outtakes to this episode. I feel like. I know. That we, I'm sure. I'm sure we people only... are giggling about this. <laughs> I do appreciate you coming on the show. If you run into Peyton in, you know, public, just pretend like you didn't hear him on here. Um, he's had too many people this summer. I was, I'm so surprised that you just said that. I figured you were going to say, make sure to make him feel as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> well, now they're just going to stare awkwardly at you and be like, I know about you, but I don't even know what to say about it. Um, oh, the number of times in public that um, somebody has mentioned themselves or hearing a parent <laughs> listening to an episode <laughs> that uh that has like mentioned it in public that I tend to just like pretend like I have a phone call and start oh to walk gosh. away because I will never is... forget the first time we were in public and someone came up to me and I had just mentioned the sex talk was going to be released and they were like we were in public and they like came up and they're like oh are you working on your new summer series I'm so excited for it and your face is like beat red like you just wanted to escape through the wall and like not ever be seen again well the the other side of that though is uh the person that was with that person that was like oh <laughs> what is it about and that, that was where, that was where it flipped for me. So um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, okay. It's been, it's been, it's been real. We, you know, we all are a work in progress. We're all learning. And honestly, the reason I do this podcast is because I just want to say like, life is about growing and it's about learning and becoming better, but also it's about living and connecting and being curious and creative. And 
we can't have one without the other, but we can't get so lost in one either that we fail to see or experience the other. And so I just hope and encourage that you can have some uh, conversations, that you can start to view things in a new way. We do have one more podcast coming on that's going to talk more about men's health because again, that's really important. And if you're a male and you're struggling and you've told no one, again, there's tons of clinics around the country who I encourage you to go to, to test your testosterone, test your hormonal levels. Women get their hormones tested a lot more than men, but men have equally as equally as many hormonal issues as women. Um, and so I don't want to dismiss that. Um, in some cases, people really do need to seek out help. Anyways, thanks for coming on the show. That's it for today. You're welcome. It's been fun. It has. Don't forget to head to the living well to check out this post and also um, the one about sexual energy between masculine and feminine energy. While we both have both energies inside of us, it's just how are you living in balance so that you don't burn out, so that you don't become frustrated and overwhelmed and lose your libido and all the things that you don't want. How can you balance that out? So head over to livingwell.com to check that out. And don't forget to check out all of the sponsors for the summer series. 